You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Sunday nights on Showtime. My mission is your mission. From the producers of Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard comes The Man Who Fell to Earth. Academy Award nominee Chiwetel Ejiofor. This is the next step. Nothing will be the same. Academy Award nominee Naomi Harris. They are coming for you. The Man Who Fell to Earth, now streaming only on Showtime. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this very first live and kind of a hybrid video audio version of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie and I have Giandra with me co-hosting. Hey everybody. Good to be with you. I've never been with you guys in live form. So this is really fun. This is a lot of fun. So we're we're kind of doing a little bit of a pivot from I feel like we're taking it back to one really because back in 2013 when the Black Girl Nerds podcast first launched, it was a live show. We didn't have the video component, um, but we actually did do it live via blog talk radio. And uh, we used to live tweet with you guys. So it'll be fun to be able to engage again, um, have you guys be a part of the conversation. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, Twitter, join us. We will be having a hot topics discussion I see some of you guys coming in. That's great. I, I didn't know how many people would show up. I thought it was going to be a party. It was just Giandra and I. Um, it's a party with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we we definitely welcome your comments and uh, feedback in these really cool conversations. And we have a special guest that's going to arrive around seven thirty. Rudy of also known as Young Deuces of the Geek Set Podcast. He has got a new documentary. And if you are a fan and a part of the Black nerd community, I think you're really going to enjoy um, him talking about that and what he's got to offer for our subculture and representing us. So, Giandra, let's get to it, shall we? Let's get to it. We got some good topics on the, on the table. People have been, as uh, the Twitter streets are always, they're never really quiet, but on these topics in particular, people have been very, very vocal. So I'm looking forward to talking about them. Great. Well, then we we can't um, not talk about the slap that's been heard around the world. I mean, I know you guys are probably <laughs> sick and tired of hearing about Will Smith, but it Will Smith kind of sort of is in the news again because of Jada Pinkett Smith, who is actually who we're going to be talking about today, um, Ms. Ms. Jada here. Uh, so she is recently, as of today, I believe, she launched her new season of The Red Table Talk. Is that right? Gianna? Yes, it is. The Red Table Talk is, is back. And it's kind of funny. They just kind of dropped it like, like a Beyonce album in the middle of the night. There was no 
Don't get ready. The red table talk is returning. They just were like, boop, here, we're back. Surprise. But did they really need any more advertising? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. And she's probably getting ridiculous numbers of people anticipating her talking about the thing, the event. But she she kind of alluded to it, but didn't. So I'm going to read a statement, which I'll show up here on the screen for you guys. Considering all that has happened in the last few weeks, the Smith family has been focusing on deep healing. Some of the discoveries around our healing will be shared at the table when the time calls. And she further added, <laughs> until then, the table will continue offering itself to powerful, inspiring, and healing testimonies like that of our incredibly impressive first guest, which was Janelle Monet, by the way. Yes, um, she is incredibly impressive. So that's not off the, off the grid. Yeah. Shout out to Janelle Monet. She follows us on Instagram. Hey, hey. And hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Uh, so, Janja, what do you think of this? What What is your thoughts about the Red Table Talk, the direction that they're going in, and just the whole situation at large? I'm very curious, too, how many of these episodes were filmed prior to this and what was filmed after, or if anything was filmed after and is the season finale her and Will coming to the table because there's so many stories and rumors out there. Now they're supposedly not speaking to each other and they want to have a divorce and it could be so messy, but it, I, I feel like they're going to take like the Kardashian approach, which is ironic giving their very public fallout. I think they're going to, ooh, we talk about breaking the internet. If they, I, that you, you got to bring Will to the table. You got to, you got to. You got to. Um, Tear isn't here, says they are a creepy family. It, they're different. I wouldn't, they're I wouldn't call them creepy, but uh, they're they're a little different. Uh, they're they're unique, eccentric. I think that's a proper way of putting yeah. it. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm trying to. I think of how their children matured so young because they are also were in entertainment different from their own personal journeys into entertainment prominence and look more reclusive their kids are compared to them. But if you've always had the spotlight in your face from the moment you were born, then it, it can make you eccentric. And <laughs> in other words, creepy. I feel you, sis. I, I can't even, I can't even say you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're interesting. I mean, I think about this often about people when you've amassed that level of wealth, like what is, what is a normal day? Because there is no, oh, I wish I could uh, today. You can, you know, it, it, I guess it makes you mature faster because you don't know any type of struggle or different types of struggle, I guess. So the question is for you guys that are watching this, um, and also if you don't catch this live, you can always leave comments, uh, but when should Will Smith slap be brought up on the Red Table Talk? They didn't say they're not bringing it up. Jada did not say that this is not gonna be on the table. Uh, when She said when the proper time arrives. So when do you think that should be? Should it be like within the next week? Should it be next year? I, I say I say they put it like the mid-season finale 
But the uh, only way the only way you can top that is if your finale guess is somebody like Rihanna and the baby. Like, you know, that's the only way you can top that. So you don't want to put it all the way at the end and lose the interest because it's so funny. But you don't want to put it at the beginning because then no one else is, then they're not going to watch the rest of your season. So, or maybe you just don't say at all until the day before. Who knows? Ms. McKeever says, <laughs> never let it die down. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, just <laughs> mad at that. Yeah, yeah, just let, you know, she should just let it go and uh, keep it moving. There's more things going on in life. Uh, Tara isn't here, says, when the ratings are sagging. Hey, I have a feeling just based off of Jada's personality, she's going to make it a thing. She's going to bring it up. She's going to talk about it, you know, and uh, I don't know. It just feels like to not talk about it is disingenuous to what, the red table talk represents because it's about being open and transparent and putting it out all on the table, right? When it comes to uh, issues, uh, so I feel like there's going to be a place for that, but we'll see. We'll see what do happens. Do you think? Do you think that the slap replaces the Tupac benchmark? <laughs> like, does wow. it now shift to that? Thank you. See, see, or Tupac, like, yeah. That now she's now from always being about Tupac to being about well when when Will slapped the hell out of Chris Rock for me, does that does it you know does it's the new thing now so yeah well we'll, we will see what happens. So (laughs) in other news, there's other things going on aside from Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Believe it or not, Black Twitter had some fun this past weekend with (laughs) the premiere, (laughs) the premiere of First Lady. Starring uh, Viola Davis, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Jillian Anderson, who respectively play Viola plays uh, Michelle Obama, Jillian Anderson plays Eleanor Roosevelt, and Michelle Pfeiffer plays um, Betty Ford. Uh, great series, by the way. Pacing issues aside, but great, great series. But the controversy had to do with Ms. Viola Davis, and I'm just going to show you this. <laughs> So, uh, apparently this expression, the, the pursing of the lips got people in their feelings. They felt that this is not all encompassing of who Michelle Obama is. She is more than pursed lips and people had a lot of thoughts about this. Giandra, what do you think? I thought it was so over the top. (laughs) I mean, we know our first lady is facial some strong facial reactions to things but in this form i feel like it's almost a little oh my god please don't don't cancel me please don't bar me i love viola davis i swear i love her to death i've never had the honor we love viola here we're we're not pro pro viola davis channel for sure let me put that disclaimer on it the views and opinions of giandra labeouf do not uh-huh. <laughs> the views of black girl nerds. So I'll take my fall on my sword myself, but it was just too extra for me. I mean, I just, it was, it was just, that's all I will say. Yeah. But I yeah. love Viola, but the facial expressions were a lot. It was almost distracting in a sense. And to show a little, you know, context here, here, here's Michelle Obama with 
this expression. So it's not that Viola made this up. It's not like she was trying to, you know, do something different. Michelle does give this expression, um, but should that be the totality of the performance? And I think that's what a lot of people took issue with. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you what I took issue with. It wasn't the pursing of the lips. It was the eyebrows. <laughs> I, I had questions about the eyebrows uh, because I was just like, why do you do her like that with the eyebrows? Why? They said, where does um, Sharpie? Where does she... <laughs> Why they do my good sister like that? I mean, I mean, my my auntie like that because come on now, Miss Viola can have a little more. Can we go back to the picture of Michelle? Picture of Michelle. Let's get Michelle back up here. The actual Michelle. I want to see her eyebrows. See, oh, come on, man. You know, like I know that they're penciled in. I I get that, but they're. They look natural. They're thicker. I'm like, what? What was y'all thinking? No, no. It's like they made it seem like she doesn't have any eyebrows and that she pencils it in. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> I'm just saying that's that's what had me caught up. Nobody was having that conversation. They was too caught up in the uh, uh, the purse lips. So I'm looking at y'all's comments. I love Miss Viola Davis. She is a treasure. She is a queen. She is a thespian of the utmost form. But I just didn't, I couldn't get down with the facial expressions. That's all. That's yeah. all. Yeah. I mean, tell me. <laughs> look, and again, we're not trying to clown on Viola. It's just the the look and we're also observing what people on Twitter were saying about the performance. So that made news over the weekend and people was cutting up and having a day. So I'm the question is, by the way, the, the question that we're posing to all of you was Viola's depiction of Michelle Obama too much or are folks too sensitive? Let us know. Let us, let know, us know in the, let us know on Twitter. Let us know in the comments. Let us know on Instagram, whatever platform you prefer. We just want to hear from you. We just want to hear from you. All right. So we will get um, <laughs> Michelle off the screen and we're going to move you, on. Viola. And we I love, love you. you. We love you, Viola. We're, we're here for you. By the way, if you ever want to come on the podcast, holla at your girl. Please. I love would love that. You. I've never had the honor. So I don't know if she's a method type of actress. I'd be interested because I know I've talked to Carrie. No, I've never interviewed Carrie, but I have interviewed Lexi Underwood, who plays Sasha Obama on the series. And mm -hmm. I asked her about playing Carrie's daughter. And she's like, oh, Miss Washington, Miss Carrie is from the minute she gets there, she's in she's in method. Like she's in full character. She'll stay and watch other scenes that other people are filming. And she lives and breathes the character the entire time. So I'm not sure if you guys know that about Viola or Jamie. I don't I don't know if you've interviewed her before because I haven't. If you I know have that. not had the pleasure of interviewing Viola Davis, but I would love to. I feel like she and I feel that she's someone that's just very humble and down to earth and just has this Absolutely. spirit about her. So Absolutely. for Miss McKeeba, I hope I'm saying your name right. Uh, where is the show playing? It is on Showtime, I believe. Yes. So if you're a Showtime subscriber, that's where you can catch First Lady. Yes. Um, and then Nicole says you can see her real eyebrows. <laughs> okay. Nicole. 
<laughs> y'all, y'all cutting up on this. Y'all have too loud. Nicole, you're too loud. <laughs> you know, you got to keep that, you know, keep that quiet. All right. So, uh, yeah, let us know what you think about Viola's depiction. And we're going to move on to uh, the next uh, bit of news here. So there's somebody that's gotten in trouble, Agan, <laughs> Agan, uh, and he is, you know, in some pretty big properties. And this is Ezra Miller here. And Ezra Miller currently is in the Fantastic Beasts movie that's playing in theaters. And he's slated to be in The Flash, which is coming out in 2023 as the titular character, Barry Allen, The Flash. But uh, he got arrested. Again. 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 (laughs) Again to both of those things. Yeah. So uh, I brought up Ezra Miller briefly in our last podcast episode. I don't know if you guys tuned in when we interviewed Eman, um, who had created the Recast T'Challa hashtag. And we were talking about how there's this double standard with Black actors versus white actors, because he was mentioning how people were coming after Letitia Wright when she was all anti-vax. And there were, there were actually people online saying, recast Shuri. Like that was a thing. And I, I remember yeah. saying it. I was like, really? But yes. um, Ezra Miller's here just getting arrested whenever, punching women, you know, doing their Rolling thing. Chairs. Yep, doing their thing. And nobody's saying recast uh, Ezra Miller. And look, I'm not trying to advocate for, you know, getting rid of him, but I'm just acknowledging the double standard. Oh, you know the double standard. Oh, he's such a bad boy. He's such a bad boy. So bad. No one's going to say he's, you know, problematic and troublesome. You know, if that was it, right? Let's the irony. We can't even talk about Ray Miller and what's going on <laughs> over on that right. side of town anyway. Right. And that's just over a few little tweets. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Ray Ray Fisher. Yeah, people went in on Ray Fisher. It's just uh, a couple little tweets expressing his discontent with being erased from a film. Damn near got him banned and had to be a whole campaign about releasing the Snyder Cut versus someone else who's in the same kind of property. Getting arrested, throwing chairs, inflicting harm on women. He ain't lost a paycheck. You're doing pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting seeing that disparity uh, between the the actors. Nicole says, no, keep Gustin from CW. Grant Gustin. Thank you. I mean, the biggest mistake that Warner Brothers DC made was just completely messing up the universe. We had some nice... uh, world building with Grant Gustin's Barry Allen on the CW series. Why couldn't he have been cast as a flash? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, what prompts them to do that when they have like random things going on at the same time. And I don't know, I would want to capture the audience that's already existing and bring them into the new universe to help corral new people to the universe. Mm -hmm. But here we are. It's exactly. so greedy. It's just a so it's such a stingy 
stay off my grass type of thing, you know, it would be so easy for them to collaborate and make it effective for fans if that's who they truly are making the art for. But mm -hmm. nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, guys, if you hear an echo, can you let me know? Because I'm hearing an echo and I apologize if that is the case. Uh, Nicole, Nicole says, get him up out of there. Nicole said, replace him immediately. Nicole. I mean, his, his performance as Barry Allen was not very flattering. It wasn't that interesting. It wasn't that compelling. You know, to, and to defend Ezra Miller on this, to, to, to defend the character, we didn't get much of Barry Allen in the Justice League movies. So the world building that we've seen in the CW show far exceeds to what we've seen so far in the cinematic universe. But just the, that little bit that we got, uh, not impressed. Not it doesn't stay with me. I'm not, I'm not thinking about the Flash after watching the Justice League movies, you know, or I'm not ex even excited for the Flash. For sure, for sure. So. At this point, it just kind of seems like an afterthought. But let us know. Maybe there's some people out there who are just clamoring, who want to see the Flash character, who want to see this actor, see Ezra, do his thing. Let us know. Let us yeah. know. Nicole, Nicole, Nicole is not one of them. <laughs> Nicole. Nicole ain't feeling Ezra. And you know, that that's your tells your opinion. It's all good. Um, but yeah, should Ezra Miller be recast or should he get another pass? That is the question. Feel free to leave your comments and let us know how you feel. Barry Allen from CW is perfect. Exactly. I love Grant Gustin. He's also from my town. So, you know. I'm oh, let's just, go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A local, yeah. local 757 represent. Represent. Um, so let's move on to our final topic before we get to our guest. Mm -hmm. uh, a very popular streaming giant, very, very <laughs> popular streaming giant, kind of took a little bit of a hit on the stock market yesterday, and they're in the news, and that is Netflix. Boom. So uh, Netflix is... And bear with me because I need to go ahead and take off the graphic about Ezra Miller. Um, Netflix yesterday uh, had their earnings report and uh, it wasn't good. They they had some some issues. Apparently, they've lost over 200,000 subscribers in quarter one and they have a projected uh, loss of over two million subscribers in the next quarter. And the uh, stock dropped like over a hundred bucks, like over 20%. Um, so by the way, those of you that trade stock options, if you bet against the stock, congratulations. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they didn't do too well on the stock market. And, and now they're in the news because what should Netflix do? How should they position themselves as a streaming company? Because they used to be the only game in town, That's right? right. And yep. now you've got Apple TV Plus, you've got Disney Plus, you've got Warner Brothers and Discovery that merged recently. They've got their big conglomerate of films and TV shows. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's there's a lot of competition happening right now. And it's going to be really interesting how that plays out. What what are your thoughts, Giandra, on the whole Netflix bleeding subscribers right now? First of all, two, I had to hit the calculator real quick. 200,000 subscribers times $20 a month. And we don't even know what level of subscription. Is it family? Is it singles or whatever? But just saying it was like a basic $19.99 subscription, 
That's almost $4 million. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money a month to be losing for people. That's for a month. So four $48 million a year. Sheesh. And that's what we know about. As far as Netflix, I think they just got too big. In my opinion, I thought they got too big for their britches. Um, they started doing too much. It, they were creating a lot of mediocrity. They got rid of the signature shows that people made themselves loyal to Netflix, that Netflix became known for. So you kind of alienated a little of that fan base because once their series was done, what's to keep them there? And then just on top of that, just these huge mega payouts that they're giving some of these celebrities for film and the films are terrible. <laughs> they're really mediocre and terrible. So I don't know. They need stop buying everything. Everything doesn't <laughs> need to be on Netflix. I feel like I could sell something to Netflix at this point. I feel like what's keeping uh, Netflix sustainable and relevant is their original programming, which, by the way, I think they're the best at it. You know, you've got Stranger Things, you've got The Witcher, you've got Bridgerton, you've got some of these shows, Squid Game, right, like that have a huge cult following. And I think that's what keeps them top tier compared to the other streamers. But someone mentioned it in the comments that, you know, their prices went up. And you nailed it. I think that's what was the nail, literally, that sealed their coffin and sealed their fate, that they decided to increase their subscription prices when there's all of these other competitive streamers out there that are like half the price, a third of the price. So look at, and I get it. Yeah, oh, I mean, look at, like, look at who, like, look at Hulu. You can get a whole bundle. You can get Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN for like half of the price. And Hulu's content has dramatically been growing and they've been producing some really, really good series over there. And, you know, it's, uh, it's other people. There's more, there's more content out there that people can get. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ms. McCabe says, I sure reduced my subscription level. I spend more time on Kev on stage studios app or on YouTube than Netflix. I love that's Kev on stage. That's dope. That's really cool. I need to subscribe to him too. But I feel I you on that. Check out that app. Yeah, facts. I, I'm I'm on YouTube more than anything nowadays. Um, I do have a Netflix account, but um, when I'm not watching Netflix or any of the other streaming apps, I'm on YouTube watching all my favorite YouTubers do their thing. So um, same. Yeah, it's. It's going to be a challenge. So I guess the question to ask all of you guys, do you think Netflix will crack down on password sharing? Because that's a thing. Like everybody, the meme is that nobody knows anybody that actually pays for a Netflix account. So, um, and even Netflix had fun with it about sharing passwords. So do you think um, that that's going to be a thing now? Because another thing that's also been brought up uh, with respect to Netflix is CEO Reed Hastings announced that they're going to look at doing a ad supported lower cost subscription model, which Ooh, then I might as well watch TV again. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea. I feel like that's what they should have done like a long time ago. Cause that's what everybody else does. Like for example, Tubi, Tubi mm -hmm. has an ad supported model and it's free. Uh, Pluto. I don't know if you guys watch Pluto TV, but that's a streaming app. Absolutely free. You just got to deal with the ads. Um, and then, of course, even, got I think even portions of Peacock, too. Yes, because there's Peacock and then there's like Peacock Plus, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I, 
Netflix is definitely they're they're probably like, yeah, we we gotta we gotta do something. <laughs> People are coming from our necks right now. So um, so yeah, I, I leave it in the comments. What do you think? Do you, will they crack down on the password sharing? Because that may also have had an impact. And this is the first time that they've lost as many subscribers as they have. Um in I think the last 10 years is what I read. Uh, I think so. they're gonna go in a hiring freeze. That's what I think. I think that's mm. going to be the first step mm. because personnel is the biggest cost a business has because of employee costs, medical costs, all that stuff. They're either, that's what I say. I'm not wishing this karma on anyone, but right. they, they need to make up big time money. And They're going like, hiring, freezing and laying off. And then what about the money that they spend on like the movies and the productions? Like that's a cost. That's a big expense in and of itself. So, yeah, we shall see how this all plays out with Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, so great. Uh, you leave your, Yeah, leave your comments, leave all of your feedback on let us know what you think of that. So our guest has arrived and we're Yay. excited. And I'm, I'm going to bring up his photo here and share some information about him and we're going to get right into the interview and the conversation with our guy Rudy from the Geek Set podcast. Um, so and bear with me guys this is our first time doing a live show so I'm like literally <laughs> multitasking here as I go along. You're doing a you're do I just thought of a, a TikTok meme but I'm, I can't say that during the live show. You're doing a good job. <laughs> You're doing great. Doing great, sweetie. You're doing lovely, sweetie. Young Deuces is a student of the game in every sense of the phrase. He's born in uh, born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin as a military brat. Hey, I'm a military brat, too. We got to talk about that. He saw the world at an early age from the good to the bad to the ugly, inspired by his father, who was also an MC and a DJ, Young Deuces started hitting stages early, performing at Black History programs and talent shows with a song his father called The Dream, a dedication of the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He's also known for being half of the hip hop group Street and Young Deuces, more known by SNYD with his cousin Burgie Streets. The two went on to have a very decorative career working with DJ Dramas, the Affiliates Imprint, winning Group of the Year at the Southern Entertainment Awards, and appearing in multiple magazine publications across the world. During his solo journey, Young Deuces received praise for his lyricism, consciousness, music, and message. His first solo project, My Unapologetic Black Thoughts, was highly received as an accurate depiction of like in today, like in today's world as a black man, named one of hip hop's most important albums by Sway's Universe, and wow, that's that's huge, and heavily supported by Respect Magazine, Hip Hop Weekly, Weekly Rap Gods, and more, and gone on to work with artists such as Graf, Michael Christmas, Dear Silas, and more. Wow, what an impressive resume! For Please sure. welcome to the show, everyone. Rudy, aka Young Deuces of the Geek Set Podcast. Rudy, how's it going? You guys, um, I, allow me to do what I normally do when I when I get on places like this, but is to give you guys your flowers. 
Um, Black Girl Nerds, since the inception of Geek Set, has been a destination that we wanted to work with. And so, you know, I've always seen you guys as the upper echelon. I like, I love everything that you guys did. And so to be able to finally work with you guys this year, not only with you guys interviewing me, but you guys being a part of our Black History Month program that we did, um, a project that we did last month. No, in February. Wow, it's already April. This year's flying. (laughs) (laughs) This year is flying. But, um, this is huge for me. I, I don't care what anybody oh. says. Like, I look at you guys, and then the fact that I'm here, like, I am so excited, and I am so happy to be here. So thank you guys for having me. That's so sweet. So, so <laughs> sweet. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to just learn more about not only your work with Geekset, but obviously you've got this documentary that's coming up that is huge. You've got Forbes reporting about you, reporting yeah. about your documentary. Um, so tell us, first of all, for our uh, viewers and listeners um, about Geek Set Podcast, because kind of we're, we're navigating the same spaces. You guys focus on mm-hmm. Black nerd culture. I see that you guys talk about anime and gaming, and you've yep. interviewed some very well-known blurds, Phil Lamar, who we've also talked with, yep. who's like the voice of like every character ever done in animation history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, tell us about Geek Set Podcast and, and how did that even come to be? All right. Well, and also because um, I also want to make sure that I address one of your guys' fans, not in a negative way. They had some constructive uh, feedback uh, and I want them to understand our journey. And and and, and I, I want to let them know that I did receive their uh, their feedback because they said that they were a fan of you guys. And that's how they got introduced to us. And I was like, dang it, we we got off to the wrong foot. So <laughs> but it's OK, because I'm I'm all about change. I'm all about growth and I want them to understand our growth and hopefully they give us a second shot. But the Geek Set podcast, we call ourselves the only podcast that blend hip hop culture and geek culture together. And one of the reasons why we started this podcast was um, I was always in love with the podcast world in general. And when I wanted to do it, this is right like when um before it got it got like really popularized, I was like, oh, I want to do a podcast, but I can get I couldn't convince anybody to do this podcast with me. And at that time, I wanted to do like a just a general podcast, talk about hip hop and the world because it was stuff that I uh, that I'm in tune with and that I love. But then what ended up happening was that time passed, and then when all the podcasts start popping off, I was like. I still want to do a podcast, but I was like, everybody's talking about the same thing. So what else am I passionate about? And I said, well, I love geek culture. I love anime, comic books, video games. And I said, I can talk passionately about this. But I was like, but what is the what is my my niche? Right. And so what really like made me want to pursue it was around the time Black Panther came out, um, the very, very first commercial that we saw had Run the Jewels on the commercial. Now, for those who don't know who Run the Jewels is, but it's it's a pretty much a, 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 a underground hip-hop group, but it's not so underground. They got they just got that underground feel, you know, it consists of Killer Mike, and I thought that that was so huge for hip-hop culture, and I would listen to all these nerd podcasts, geek podcasts, and nobody was talking about how important that was. And I said, this is Marvel. This is Disney, and they're using this, this, this hip-hop group. I said, I want to showcase things like that. And the way that we talk about it, come on, it sounds like barbershop talk. Me and you can get into a we we can get into a debate about anime or something like that. And somebody may be from the outside looking in, like, wait, are they yelling at each other? But it's just how passionate we are about that, you know. And so I was like, I want to, I want to bring that to the podcast world, that barbershop talk, that hip hop swag, that feeling, that black blurred culture, right? And so 
you know, uh, coincidentally, I put out a Facebook post <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm going to do this podcast. Who's now? Now, Bacardi and Lip, Bacardi got tagged, Lip jumped in onto the stat. I already knew them from the Milwaukee hip hop scene. And so because I already knew them, I said, you know what? I want I want I don't want to go through the growing pains of learning somebody new. You know, and so I was like, I want to do it with them because I already know them from the Milwaukee hip hop scene. So we kind of started. So this is where we got. We kind of got off to the wrong foot. We didn't know our identity. So when we when we came up with the idea of the only podcast that blend hip hop culture and geek culture together, we was like, oh, yeah, we're going to be the cool kids. And we said things that necessarily like it's it's not a reflection of us. We 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 been when we started taking this serious and said, you know what, we are going to be this podcast and we want to be the best representation of us and the culture. We want something that the culture is proud of. And within us, we are heavy supporters of black women. We are heavy supporters of the LGBTQ plus community. We are allies. I'm talking about like actual allies at the prior parades and stuff like this. And we make sure that we, we listen and we learn and we go to these committees and we, and we make sure that we can show our support as much as possible. But however, year one geek said we did take some shock jock type of, you know, liberties with our podcast. And I just wanted to make sure that people understand that growth. Like that is not a representation of who we are at all. We have scratched and scrubbed all that information um, th that what we were promoting. Now, we did leave the episodes up because we do want people to see our growth. But I just hope that the person who is a fan of you guys is, understands that one, I didn't take the comment that she made um as disrespectful or upset but i did want to make sure that i let them know that we've grown so much since then and we are huge huge supporters and that what you've seen within those first episodes are not us and i just want to make sure and i hope that we can with with what i'm doing with what we're doing now and our recent work within the past three four years that that person can see the growth and say you know what let me give them a second shot because i, I and you know because then i told them i said i understand if you don't give us a second shot, but I do hope so. So, I mean, I just wanted to make sure I cleared that up because I, 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 you know, they always say like, you see the negative comments and we do respond to all the positive comments. But when I saw that comment, I didn't take it as negative. I took it as, I need to make sure that I need to explain this because again, I'm, I, I understand that like, people are so scared of cancel culture, but I, the way that I look at cancel culture and I don't even call it cancel culture. I say, it's all based on what you're doing now. Now, granted, if we were saying and doing the same things at that time, then I would say, hey, I got no no fight in this game. But um, because we're so active in making sure that we are better and we are supporters and we are allies, um, it, 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 I, I took that comment like, OK, I want to make sure that they know where we actually really stand. So it's like, again, no excuse or anything like that, but just uh, just explaining where we are at now. Um but yeah, with that said, like I said, we started to grow. Once we started taking it serious, that's where we we hung our, our hat on. I said, I want something that the Blurred community, all walks of life is going to be proud of, but I also want to make sure that we're doing stuff for the Blurred community and including people and amplifying voices. So we started making sure that we go to these conventions, talking to these cosplayers, talking to the people at Artist Gallery and... Where I love where we took the approach was, it was like, you know, where everybody goes for the big names. I said, I want to talk to the people behind the scenes as well and give them some shine. And what I love about it is hearing those stories and then seeing where they go and being able to be like, I got the first in-depth interview with the person who did the concept designs of this person, of this, or, you know, and, you know, but then I also wanted to celebrate 
our heroes like Phil Lamar or Rachel True or Deborah Wilson because I get it. Like in this nerd community and blur community, like we have the people that we we celebrate. But I was like, I want to have that platform that was like, all right, if you are a, a blurred or a nerd, you got to go talk to Geek Set, you know. And and I wanted to, to be that barbershop. So I wanted people to feel like a, a, a sense of pride with working with us. And I wanted them to leave. And that's why we make sure that like we don't dabble into controversy. I've I've had guests that they are in controversy and i you know i make sure that like i want to make sure like let's just talk about the good let's talk about the stuff that you're working on i didn't want to dive into that i didn't want to clickbait titles because you know i wanted to make sure that like i said i, I want when people leave our podcast they tell other people like yo i was on geek set you gotta you gotta get a bone there and so it's like you know and and that's what i wanted and that's what we we built our platform off of and i think that you know as we've been growing and as we led into this documentary that we're working on i feel like the culture has has embraced us for that and the culture has been so supportive and being in such a small market as milwaukee um i kind of got ptsd about like support because it's you know just like every small market is always a crab in the bucket mentality at some point where it's like okay this person's success is detrimental to my success so i can't really support and so when we started growing and started doing things within the blur community one of the reasons why i love this community so much is that i never got that and i grant i granted i'm not i understand the the ins and outs of the blurred community and the path that we had and how there was there were certain moments and certain groups that was like all right this is not a this is not a a pride moment of us but it was like to me i felt so prideful of that because i was like when we did when we our forbes interview did drop it was so many blurs that reached out and said hey i love it i want to help out if i can i want to support and stuff like that and you know i when i always tell them i said well let's make sure it's not a a one-way street. Whatever you need from us, we got you. And I just love that community that has been built from the blur community. And I love that we're able to contribute it to it to something that their community is proud of. But yeah, I just that you know that's been our our path and our journey and who we are is just being geeks that love hip hop and geek culture and blend it together within conversation. I love that. I absolutely love that. And you brought up a good point. And I've had these conversations with Giandra about the crabs in the bucket mentality. It's something mm -hmm. I've never understood. I've never understood that. I feel like that we as a people, like when one of us succeeds, we all succeed. Yes. And I, I, I really love that, you know, the solidarity that you mentioned that you're getting with the Blur community. And I really want that to continue. But we definitely need to support each other because, you know, there's a greater enemy, you know, white supremacy that is willing to do everything and anything to suppress our voices, uh, to cover us in every way because they see that we are thriving. They see that we move the culture, that we are the culture and that we're actually very dominant in shifting the culture. And um, I think that we as black people and people of color really need to you know, come together more and support each other because the whole Highlander syndrome, there's oh, only man. one. Right. <laughs> it just it doesn't work. It just yeah. doesn't work. And why why would there why should there only be one of us? I mean, if there's more of us, then that just yeah. means more opportunities. So yeah, yeah, that's I never understood the crabs in the bucket Me mentality. It makes no Me sense. Me either. 
And that's why I, I I wanted to make it normal to make sure that we highlight and celebrate people, you know, as we go. You know, every time that I get invited to do a podcast, I do a little bit of research as if I'm doing my interviews to understand who these people are. Right now, sometimes I know just like I already know who you guys are. But the reason why I do that is because I also want again. You guys invited me to your platform, but I need you guys to understand how much I love your platform. And I want that to be normal. I want people to normalize celebrating people in the same realm. You know, I tell that to people all the time. I, I'm in Twitter spaces with some other people, right? There's certain people that I that kill the Twitter space that I'm like, even though Geekset may have a bigger name, we can't do what you do. And I appreciate what you're doing for this blurred community. So let me tell you this. And not only let me tell you that, let me talk about it on our podcast, even when you're not around, because that's also big for me is that I love to hear people celebrate other platforms when that platform is not present, present, right? Because that lets me know that like, we're truly supporting each other. I'm going to big up, you know what I'm saying? Black girl nerds as much as I can when you guys are not around where you guys may run into somebody like, Hey, you know what? I heard about y'all from Young Deuces because to me that is true support. I don't want to, I don't only want to support when you guys are watching. I'm going to support and like so like I got this major vision <laughs> and and I, I I'm gonna say it on here and I say it everywhere. One of my major visions is I hope that Geekset gets to a point where like let's say like Entertainment Weekly hits us up and like yo we want to do a cover a whole cover about you guys right and I'm saying bet but you know what would be even better is if you do like this like xxl freshman style cover you get us you get blah 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 and i start naming off all these other collectives and then i'm able to get them and we do this big blurred um, explosion cover and the whole article is not just about geek set but it's about blurred culture and all these people that are rocking within it and i think that like that's one of my biggest dreams that i have for this because i think that that is what it's going to take i think that when people latch on to one blurred collective they feel like, like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. But I would love to be that person that amplifies so many voices. Like, I would love to be, you know, the 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 ditty outside of outside of messing over people's in the contract. But I would love to be like somebody that ushers in a multitude of blurs. Like, yo, make sure you 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 rock with this person. Make sure you rock with that person. Even if I don't even get the recognition, even if it's just behind the scenes, I get a really, really, I feel like my, my purpose in life is to help amplify people and put people on. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is, is the key to connecting the voices in a way that equally, there's so many layers within black geekdom, black nerd mm -hmm. culture, just within that genre, there's so many layers. So how can we take steps with each other to make sure we have a diversity within that diversity so i wish i had the answer i don't but this is what I'll, I'll tell you what i've been doing and i don't know if it's right but i've been getting a lot more traction and working with it and seeing it happen so i'm all like i i i've been saying i want to be the change that i would like to see right so i've been actively reaching out to people and when i ask them for assistance i've been making sure that i have long-form conversation with them like look this is not a one-way street. Even something as simple as you saying, "Hey, can you retweet this for me?" Make sure you let me know because if, if I don't, if I see it, I'm gonna retweet it. But if I didn't see it, just shoot me a DM and I'll make sure I retweet it. And the reason why I'm doing that, and again, I when when you read my my bio and it says a student of the game, I'm a student of anything that I get involved in, right? And so one of the things I got involved like with this is like 
we are content creators. I mean, there's no way to say that we're not, but we are technically content creators, right? Right. And so, <laughs> so uh, sorry about that reading the uh, the chat. Um, but one of the things that I was like really studying was how Vine, the the, the creators from Vine, popped off. And one of the things that every creator said it was like we had a collective the king batches melvin greg's on we had a collective and anytime somebody did something we all made sure that we shared it because that's how you got them on the popular page and and you know we all made sure that we comment and liked it whether it is smiling emojis or whatever but something as simple as that so i've been making sure that i do that you know and it's funny because it's like when i tell people that i'm like look i get it we're all in this world and things move fast and sometimes you'll see a post and in, you'll laugh at it, interact with it, but you won't do the actual like, comment, or anything. And that's not saying that you did it right. uh, in a in a in a mean way, or you was like, I'm not supporting this person. It's just is not first thought on our mind. So I've right. been changing my mindset to say, if I see black girl nerds post, let me retweet and like, let me like it. If I see the blur girl post, let me like and tweet. <laughs> if I see blurred over worst gen pot, whatever, whatever pot, like whatever I see, I make sure that it is there because I think that even that simple that simple act of support goes a long way because that's one of the reasons why a lot of things don't grow. It's like you have friends, you have family, and they're like, oh, I support you. I'm going to pull up, I'm going to do this. But it's like, but what also, for the algorithm, I need these likes. I need these comments. So I've been doing that, but then also making sure that I can find ways to work with people, right? You know, that the Black History Program, I mean, the Black History Project that we did, that was our one of our first biggest projects that we did with like collaborating with people. And, and I mean, we stopped it at like 32 people, but like I was having such great conversations with people that we could have kept on going and I wanted to continue to go. But like I said, that was me and my team saying, all right, we want to include people in something. And for Black History Month, instead of all these white companies reaching out to black creators saying, we're doing Black History Month and we're going to highlight black creators. What does Black History Month mean to you? Though that is a is dope. And though I do uh, I do love that they're reaching out, giving black creators, um, you know, uh, an outlet. One of the questions I always ask is like, why isn't anybody black doing this? And so mm -hmm. that's what like that's what fueled that. But like what came from it is I got introduced to so many different talent. I got introduced to so many dope blurs within this space. And I started going, I, I pull up, you post a podcast episode, I'm gonna watch it. You know, it's like I have this like when I'm editing, when I'm like, you know, we do that with the same type of support that we would give the major podcasts. I'm giving the the indie ones that I just learned about in February. And I'm making sure that, you know, that that is there, even and even if they don't see it, I'm making sure because, you know, a post with zero likes or a post with one like, at least somebody be like, oh, somebody checked it out. Let me check it out. You know, and then if everybody employs that mindset, you know, think about all the all the birds that, you know, personally. And if we all had that mindset and we get into and we change that way of thinking of saying, just let's just make sure you like comment or, you know, you don't even have to share if you don't want it on your feed, just like and comment. Or do that, and it, and imagine all the blurs that you know. How much what that would do for your video or your post. And so I'm trying to be that change. And I've been getting, like I said, I've been converting a lot of blurs to that. You know, I'm having that conversation, letting them know that I'm intentionally doing this, but I'm also checking it out. I'm not just blindly liking it. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give you a proper view, so that way it counts as well. But I'm also learning who you are as a person. So now I got this. 
I got this connection with you and, and your collective because of I'm listening. And I just I'm trying to get more and more people to think like that and do that. So tell us really about the Black Geek documentary, because I'm so excited for this. Uh, we had had our conversation when you had interviewed me for your Black yes. History Month series. And I remember years ago, my goodness, years ago, when I had first launched Black Girl Nerds, and this guy uh, reached out to me via email wanting to do a documentary about blurred culture. And mm -hmm. um, he actually also worked with the Jersey Shore folks. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I was not interested. I was just like, I don't know how this is going to look. Right. <laughs> you know, this, I, I don't want to misrepresent the subculture in any way. So I backed off from it. But I know you have good intentions with what you uh, plan to do with your approach. So tell us about the Black Geek documentary and when, when you plan on getting this into production, because I'm okay. ready to see it. So... <laughs> Uh, thank you for that. And you know what? This is this has been the most scared, but also exciting that I have been because this is this was the first project that we doing that actually requires um, massive actual support from the community, right? And so one of the things that I where I came up where I, I it was an idea that I had and that my team fully supported, but. Um, I was like when we first started it, one of the the geek set podcasts, one of the things that we that always irked us was the portrayal of the black geek in media, right? And so it was like you watch and 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 but it 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 irked us, but we also loved the portrayals of who they were too. So it was like it was a weird middle ground that we had because you know, every every show, I mean, I love the flash, you know, I love the flash, but Chester P. Runk you know, it still falls into those tropes of the socially awkward, may not, you know, can't get the guy or the girl. Um, you know, it's that, what was that? Sorry about that. It's the geek that, you know, that they 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 make us the butt of the jokes and everything. And it's like, right, yeah, I get it. There's that aspect Steve of Steve Urkels. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's not all of us. And I said, you know, that's one of the things why we want, like with the whole barbershop talk, the way that we talk. The slang, the swagger, the the style, and everything like that. I've met more blurs and black geeks like that than I did the Steve Urkels. And so I wanted to be, I wanted to timeline blurred culture because what's so interesting about blurred culture is that though the word is probably like five to seven years old, the culture itself has been around since forever because we always had something. We just had nothing to classify it as. We always, you know, when we watch Power Rangers, we we gravitated towards Zach a lot because he was the Black Ranger. When Aisha became the Yellow Power Ranger, and you know, you saw her with her box braids, it was like, yo, like, hey, we got we got some representation here. You know, when you saw Storm, and then when they started going in depth into Storm's, you know, uh, Wakanda heritage and you start seeing who she was it was like okay and so like we always had those characters that we we kind of gravitated towards naturally and so it was like i wanted to do that i wanted to timeline that and it, because when i would do these interviews that i've been you know that we when we're interviewing celebrities or we're having these conversations that was the one thing that was always interesting to me i would talk to somebody like jay ellis and he would talk about his introduction to just being a black nerd loving comic books and video games but he would talk about it so passionately i said this is what needs to be captured in timeline we need somebody to officially say okay this is these are black nerds 
but these are also black nerds. This is what media has said black nerds is, but this is exactly what black nerds is. And this is where we're going. And these are the people that are doing it. And, and these are the people that are pushing the culture for the future. And so I was like, I would love to do that. And because I, I love documentaries. And so I would I would see that and I said, you know what, why don't we do it? And what really empowered us to really dive deep into it, it is the Black History Month program project that we did. When we did that Black History Month project and we talked to all these blurs across the world, um, and then what happened after it was just so much support. It was so many people like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm glad somebody's doing this. This is something that we should have been did. Or there was so much support, like, yeah, you know, I want to be part of more stuff like this. And when I was telling them my vision of collaborating, I mean, of collaborating with everybody and saying, like, one of the reasons why we did this Black History Month project is like, I want, uh, I want it to be normal. I want it to be normal for me to hop on here or for you guys to hop on my stuff or anybody in those videos to collaborate with each other. I don't want it to be like, oh, snap. Like, you know, I want it to be normal. Like, you know, when you watch the content on All Deaf, no matter who pops up, everybody has their one favorite All Deaf member or two or three. But when they get together and you see them, it's not a shocker to see Kev on stage, Tony Baker, to hear Meg Scoop. Like, it's not a shocker, but it's still like, oh, yeah, it's them. I wanted that for the Blur community. And so as that continued to build and everything like that, I said, you know what? I'm going to. I'm just going to throw it out there. And I was like, you know what? We want to, we don't want to cut any corners because again, one of the, our biggest push is I want the blur community to be proud of this, but I also want to include the blur community in this. I want this to be a collaborative effort. So we put it out there. We said, we're going to do the GoFundMe um, to, to help crowdfund it. But we're also, like I said, using our Patreon, all funds from Patreon is being delegated to the Black Geek documentary. And then also we are meeting with a few studios and investors to see if they'll fit the bill. So that way, if that happens, that'll put a little bit faster production on it. Um, but yeah, we call it the love letter to the blurred culture because it is truly that because we are going to highlight our heroes. And I love the fact that some of our heroes, I can't officially announce the casting yet, but I would say this as a spoiler. If you've seen any of our interviews, uh, some of the people that were interviewed will be popping up on this documentary. Some very, very notable names. And I'm excited about that because I'm like, yo, I'm going to we're going to be get to hear from our heroes who are in the blurred community or in the blurred culture and who've seen the change. Because a lot of our heroes were back in the 90s, early, late 80s. Right. That are blurred coach. So they've seen it where there was no culture to where we have all these amazing blurs now. And so it's like, it's, it's truly a love letter because it's like, you're going to hear so much passion and you're going to hear some fun stories. You're going to get some insights. You're going to get some history. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to get inspired about what's to come. And I'm just it's super excited because now the, where the part we're at, because we believe that that funding is coming based off of how everything goes. We don't have any doubt in our mind. We're going to get the funding. Now we're just thinking of different creative ways to include the blur community because the great thing that I that we made sure that we set out was like we want this to be fully black, right? So our director is a black, is he's black, you know what I'm saying? My shout out to Brandon Champ Robinson, it's one of my guys. The sound stage that we're going to be filming this at is a black sound stage. And um Tyler I already Pierce told Studios. huh Tyler Pierce no. Studios. Somebody all that notable though. I I don't I intend certain things that we can't announce yet, but when we do, it's going to be announced. And it's somebody 
um, that you guys already talked about today. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Um, <laughs> okay. um, but I also shout out to Polly Arungu. If you guys, if for people who know her, she runs Black Women Photographers. I told her, I said, when we start filming this, the person who's going to be taking photos and behind the scenes, I am hiring somebody from her from her directory. And so it's like, that's what we're doing. We're making sure like we're going to hire a black PR and marketing firm. Like every aspect of this is going to be fully black because <laughs> the director <laughs> is a black. So shout out to Demetri Strong. That's my brother Didge in the comment. <laughs> I figured it was somebody who knew you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a black. <laughs> he's a black. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's, we're excited about that because again, and then even when we do it, because you know, documentaries require research; they require B-roll footage, and that's where I'm like, oh, we're going to get to include a lot of indie people because instead of using, um, what's the what's the uh array.com or whatever the website that people normally get um B-roll footage from. I'm going to reach out. We're going to reach out to people like black girl nerds and be like, hey, you guys got a quick like five second clip of you guys talking about something like I want to do that because um, I've been telling everybody the most exciting thing about this documentary is I'm so excited to do the credits because I can't wait to be it to tell people like, hey, we used your clip and your clip is in it. So now you have a credit and your credit is going to show at the end of the documentary. Like, I'm so excited to tell people that. Like I'm excited for people to be excited to be because this is something that we're going to take to film festivals. We're going to pitch to streaming services. Like we want to, we don't want to cut any corners. We want to do everything that is, we want to put a seriousness to this. So that way, when other people watch it, like yo, I didn't know nothing about the blurred culture, but like yo, I learned it from this documentary. Like in a sense, I want to recreate the the energy that we had when. Um, the harder they fall came out. Remember that energy where it was like yes. rules and it was everybody talking about it, and then there was like there was think pieces. Like I, I want to recreate that energy, but for the blur culture. I love it. I love it. I, I feel a little old because you said that uh, the word blurred was five to seven years ago. Actually, it was longer than that. Was it? I can't <laughs> remember. Nobody, nobody knows the actual origin. <laughs> yeah, I think the origin, from what I remember, was from uh, the episode of Scrubs. That's and, what a lot of people uh, Donald Faison's character. That's that's I think what's been said. But our very first episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast in March of 2013, oh, nine years ago. Whew, uh, our first episode was about what does the term "blurred" mean to you. And ah. I just remember that being such a divisive term. It was. People, yeah, people were in their feelings about, like, don't separate me from nerds. I'm not a black nerd. I'm just a nerd. And, and yeah, people was coming after me on Twitter when I started using that term back in 2012, 2013. But now I love that it's being embraced. It's yeah. now being, you know, kind of revolutionized in different types of culture, whether it's film, television. Obviously, people have created tons of content through websites, podcasts, mm -hmm. merchandise. Uh, so the, the term blurred has come such a long way since yeah. back in 2013. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, see, but see, that, again, this, this lets me see, this is exactly why, though, that I was like, I can't wait to include people because 
at that time when we like i said it, by the time us doing the documentary and we start getting into the nitty-gritty of it and breaking it down that's something that oh yeah all right well i now we got that history of that that helps out and adds credence to the documentary and that's something where you like we would give that credit to you say you're you know black girl nerds like okay so you gave us that bit of information for that research right because that's that's one of the things is like I, I can't wait until we start formulating our staff and our crew for the documentary where we can put together where we can put together the timeline together because that's one of the biggest things that we're going to do we're going to call on you know you know people that who's been operating in this blur culture who knows the history and get together in like zoom meetings and stuff like that and say okay let's Put this timeline together so that way we can make sure that this documentary is accurate and that and you know and make sure that we have the voices and stuff like that like i'm excited about the 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 process of putting this together so much because the collaborative effort that we're going to require that we're open to you know we're going to have so many people and be able to put so many people in a, uh, in this virtual room together so that way we can all talk about blur culture and get it out and everything like that like i'm I think that that is going to be one of those things that's going to be like, yo, this is really dope. Look at all the blurs that we got here. And I, I already told my collective, I said, I'm probably going to be the person, I'm going to be the Tom Holland of the group where I'm going to be like secretly taking screenshots of our, like our, of our meetings and be like, oh, and then post it on, on social media. Like, hey, yo, look, look, look who's here. Who's here? <laughs> and give it up because that's how excited I get about certain stuff. Like, Ah oh, man, when these cameras go off, I'll probably give you guys a little bit more info that I gave on here about it because <laughs> I just love talking about this culture so much. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, listen, Rudy, it has been a pleasure to speak with you and congratulations on being, first of all, our first guest on our live podcast. <laughs> Um, but also congratulations to just everything that you've done with your work with the Geek Set and getting this documentary together. I'm confident that it's going to get greenlit. You know, I, I know that there are people out there, especially yeah. out in these Hollywood streets that want to see something like this happen. So um, definitely keep pushing forward with that. Before you leave, uh, is there give us the information of where we can go to donate to your GoFundMe, uh, where we can listen to your show and anything else that you want to shout out to our listeners. Sure, sure, sure. All right. So first things first, again, thank you guys for having me so much. You guys don't like, I love the full circleness of like, when we started looking into like, who is blurred? Like wh who is this, who is the, this community that we are now trying to be a part of and learning who you guys were, and then me being the first guest on this part of evolution of what you guys have, I like I, it's such an honor. Like it's something that I, I'm definitely going to continue to talk about. Um, but as far as like, okay, so geeksetpodcast.com, that is our website that ha that houses everything. It has our YouTube, it has the articles, it has everything like that. Um, as um, as well as like you know links to the Forbes article and just what we are working on our merch and everything. Um, there has there's a, there's a, a couple of ways to support us. Like if you are looking to support us in a financial way, then the GoFundMe link is uh, um, the GoFundMe link. Um, I probably it'd probably be easier just to send you guys the link and put it in the description or something like that because you know GoFundMe does all the I don't think they give us an actual we'll put it in the YouTube description. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, but the GoFundMe, that's one way. 
our Patreon. So with our Patreon, we offer a few things on our Patreon. We offer early viewings. We offer live viewings. We offer um, just like an insight. So they actually got the insight that I'm going to tell you guys um, after the cameras go off. But they like, but uh, like a lot of our updates in there and we have dollar tiers. We have $50 tiers. So everything from there is being reallocated towards the Black Geek documentary. That's a way to support us as well financially. Um, and then merch you know so we have so much merch on our website any merch that you purchase those funds there's going to be reallocated towards there as well but just as important as supporting us financially it is getting the name out and bringing more awareness to it uh from what we found and the one thing that we learned is this us talking about it a lot more we start introducing more geeks into this blur culture making a little bit more people feel comfortable and um People get interested in it. So if you see the Black Geek documentary or use the hashtag Black Geek documentary or you see any post or anything, like, comment, retweet, all that helps out tremendously. And we truly, truly um, need that as well. You know, it kind of goes back to the original mission statement that I'm saying is where it's like, though you see it and I know you support it, make sure you like or comment. You don't even have to share if you don't want it on your timeline, but that like and comment does help out as well. Um, and on all social media is at Geek Set Podcast and um except patreon patreon.com backslash geek set and our twitch is the same twitch.tv backslash geek set um but me personally at young underscore deuces and then on all of our social media um the gofundme is in our link as well so if it makes it easier just to go to our social media and like it uh that is uh, also something um where you can find that information for the GoFundMe and get a little bit more information. You can see all the updates. You can get the whole full story about the documentary, what we plan on doing. We have our GoFundMe trailer, which though the GoFundMe trailer is a more of a conceptualize of what the idea is, some of the faces in the GoFundMe trailer is a part of the documentary as well. So it's like, I'm just super excited about this whole process. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, just more faces and more people come out and support. All the best to you, Rudy. I can't wait to see this unfold. Please keep us posted. Oh, definitely Forget about us little people when you get famous. You know, <laughs> get your, your Oscar for best documentary. I'm just saying, you know. I'm just saying, I mean, you might have to be on that stage with me. I mean, because if you guys are helping me out behind the scenes, like I said, that's why, that's why I'm excited. I feel like, like I said, it's a love letter to the culture, but it's for blurs by blurs. Like, this is something, the collaborative effort is what I'm excited about. And I can't wait to include you guys into more. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. And it was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, I had a blast. <laughs> Take care. Yeah, All right. You. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk some more offline about, you know, yeah. that yep. top secret stuff. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got you guys. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Great. Well, listen. Uh, wow, what a great first show! Chandra. I know we covered a we covered a lot of ground. Uh, we got caught up on the hot topics, and we learned some great stuff from uh, Young Deuces about a project that'll be very dear to a, a huge community of people. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I hope that you guys that were a part of the live component of our show enjoyed, um, and I look forward to you know, seeing the playback and seeing the comments on YouTube on what you guys think. Please let us know what you think of the show. Um, you know, be nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm very delicate. <laughs> be gentle. Um, but also we, we want your feedback because we do want to um, incorporate things that you're interested in. And obviously we want to improve 
you know, we're still getting our footing here. This is sort of like a beta testing of what we're doing in the, the YouTube space. Um, and, you know, if it doesn't work out, then it's a limited series podcast. Uh, Nothing so... beats fail but a try. Nothing beats fail but a try. Right, exactly. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I really love the comments that we're getting from everybody. Um, so Ms. Bakiba, Geeks at Podcast, leaving uh, comments. Nicole from earlier, um, going oh, in on The Flash. <laughs> I, I love all of these comments. Keep them coming. And uh, we'll see you next time. We uh, currently do not have scheduled and if you look on the website when we made this announcement we don't have specific scheduled like a recurring day each week for the video component of this podcast of course every monday you can listen to the audio podcast on your favorite podcast app wherever you stream your your episodes but um i'll definitely keep you guys posted and let you know when we'll have like reoccurring shows of the live show, but you will be able to listen to the audio version of this podcast on Monday. So just FYI for that. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much. And um, absolutely great pleasure talking to all of you guys. Giandra, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. The pleasure you. was mine. Thank you everybody who tuned in and commented and shared and told a friend. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Bye everybody. The Black Girl Nerds Podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax and Ryan Bennett. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify.